0: Hey, welcome into the bonus segment of Sports KC. I'm Rustin Dodd of the Kansas City Star. And, hey, we're going to call Andy McCullough uh, to see what he's been up to uh, for the last um, couple months since he left and see what he's doing down here in Arizona. Hey, what's up? hey uh, Andy, what's going on? Oh, man, not much. Um, hey, so um, we're going to... This is the first time we've ever had a guest on uh, the Sports BKC podcast over the phone. Is
1: this like the Mark Marin thing, where we, we're actually going to use this? Yeah. Great, I
0: love it, <laughs> um, dude. So, um, what have you been up to like the last uh, month since you've left the Star? Well, I work in I work at the Los Angeles Times now, which is a newspaper in Los Angeles, and I cover the Dodgers. So. Like the uh, it's like the old job, only the team is uh, slightly less accomplished, and everyone's richer. Yeah. Um, what is uh, like? What was the first thing that Yacil Puig Pui? Am I saying his name right? Uh, yes. What What is the uh, What was the first thing that he said to you when you on we were on the beat?
1: He said hi. My name is Yacil Puig. We shook hands, and then he walked away. He's nice. He seems nice. Yeah, he's, I heard a story about him buying a helicopter
0: yeah what was like so he bought but he never actually <laughs> bought the helicopter right I mean he he was
1: it's c- unclear uh, so yeah so like Johannes Cephas was kind of doing that thing down in uh, uh, Port St. Lucie with the Mets, where he was r- taking a new car to um, you know to, to camp every day and uh uh, my friend, uh, Tim Rohan, who works uh, at a paper in New York, the um, New York Times, I guess. Um, he is, is, like that the the, is that what it's called? Okay.
0: What's that? Is it what, the New York Times?
1: What? Yeah, it's a newspaper in New York. I don't know. I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not good at telling stories, as the readers in Kansas City have been, unfortunately, well aware of for two years. Um, so... Yeah, they, like Tim wrote this story about this guy named Alex Vega who, um, you know, builds these custom cars for all these guys. And so this guy Alex Vega, um, like went, like called, like talked to TMZ and basically said he was buying. He was like, yeah, he wanted to build him a uh, helicopter so he could like fly to, uh, so he could make it to Dodger Stadium on time and avoid traffic and stuff like that. And so, I, like, uh, you know, I was able to get a hold of Alex Biddy, and I was talking to him, I guess, and he was like, yeah, you know, Y'all be able like, he's, you know, completely been, um, you know, taking lots of pictures on Instagram of him, like, in helicopters, and so, like, uh, you know, uh, I talked to guy Alex big and he was just like, yeah, you know, Y'all be able to flying a helicopter, and he's gonna, you know, he's gonna use it to fly to the stadium, and I was like, you know, like, you get, like, something like that, and you're like, all right, well, I guess I'll go talk to Plea, and then go write this, you know, goofy story. And, um, you know, Dylan Hernandez, the, uh, you know, my the former Dodgers beat writer, I was kind of talking to him, and he was like, you should make sure there's a landing pad at Dodgers. <laughs> and so at which point I talked to some people on the Dodgers, and they explained that there was an FAA regulation saying Plea cannot actually fly his, helicopter, theoretical helicopter, into Dodger Stadium, um, you know, so and they had told him that he could not do that. So I had to, I called the FAA, which is something I did not do during my two years at the Kansas City Star. Um, so, you know, you learn something new every day.
0: So, the, like, I, I read the story. So this is, like, this is a thing people actually do in L.A., like Kobe Bryant has chartered helicopters yeah. to Lakers games before?
1: Yeah, so, like, the way that, that regulation works is like you can't fly over a open-air stadium like you know so it's like prohibited at like the NFL, Major League Baseball, uh, NASCAR, and then like NCAA football but you can like fly to like NBA arenas it's, like, yeah. it's really weird Um you know, which, uh, yeah, I don't know. Which prompted Dylan to ask me to tell me to ask the FAA if they would make an exception for Puig if he hit 320 and won the MVP. Um, I did not ask the
0: FAA that, so. though. But, so, but couldn't he, like, he could not uh, even land it, like, you know, half a mile away or something, or, like, you just can't even get close to Dodger Stadium in a helicopter?
1: I guess you, he could land it, like, in the park near Chavez Ravine, but I think. And you'd still have to snake through traffic. I don't think there's a landing spot there. So it really, like, it would just be better to just leave 15 minutes earlier than, you know, he has been just to get there on time, I guess.
0: Okay. So this is, like, the only thing you've done at spring training, like, is basically that story?
1: Police helicopter, yeah, police helicopter. I read a story about how um, Brett Anderson has figured out how to stay healthy, and uh, the day the story ran, he blew out his back. Um, so that was good uh, for me. I look like I really know what I'm doing. Uh, I continued my streak of being correct about Alex Gordon's um, free agency. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I've been on vacation for the past week or so, so I was back home in Philadelphia. Uh, um, but, yeah, you know, it's been uh, it's okay. The job's the same, you know. Uh, the columnists are way better, except for, you know, Gregorian. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, huge upgrade there not having to deal with Sam. But other than that, you know, it's
0: okay. Yeah. So what is the... um, Are the Dodgers going to go to the World Series this year, or what? Um, Probably
1: not. I mean, most teams don't. Probably not, like, if I had to bet on it. But I do think they're a good team. Um, I think they have, you know, as good a chance as anyone. Like, I don't know, I've been talking to a lot of, uh, you know, as we do down here, you talk to a lot of scouts and and people. And, um, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, the Cubs seem like they're, they've, you know, with, the, with the way they assemble their roster, they seem like they're kind of on a different plane than most clubs. Uh, I really like the Astros. I think the Astros are going to be really good. And then after that, you know, I'd probably put the Royals as, like, number three on my power rankings. But uh, after that, you know, I, I see the Dodgers as, you know, um, there's not a ton of teams I'd really take over them. I, I like them a lot uh, in terms of their depth. Uh, it's just kind of hard because you don't really know what the what the lineup's going to look like, what the bullpen, uh, you know, what the game order is going to look like, you know, how the rotation's going to stack up. But you know, I think like at, at this stage, um, you know, if they can kind of get everyone healthy and everyone clicking, they've got they've got a lot of talent. Um, so you know, I, I would I wouldn't say it would not be surprising if they made the World Series, but they probably won't just because most teams don't.
0: Yeah, but you don't like the Giants. We were talking about this earlier offline. <laughs> I kind of I like the Giants. Um they've uh like Cueto is like their third best starter. He's back in the National League and they've got uh they still got like all their position players that they somehow find out of nowhere that are like really good. Um Yeah. And I mean they still have Madison Bumgarner and I don't know what Matt Kane is anymore, but he's still on the team. Uh why why do you not like the Giants? Well, I do. I do like their core. I mean, that's a you know, that's
1: obviously a, a core of tough-minded championship players and guys like Bumgarner, uh, you know, Posey, and they do sort of find these guys—the the Joe Panics, the Matt Duffy's of the world—who you know turn out to be a lot better than what their maybe prospect rankings or projections are. Um, I just. You know, I don't like their rotation. Um, I, you, know, I lo- I, you know, Bumgarner's great. You know, Bumgarner doesn't have anything to prove. I think Samarja, I mean, we're forgetting how terrible Samarja was last year. Like, that guy was atrocious, um, you know, for a significant portion of the season. I think he may have finished the year with, like, a 5 year Maybe it was, like, a four nine six something like that. And, like, you know, he's had a, a history of struggling. he's had a couple of good seasons and a lot of mediocre to less than mediocre seasons. Um, you know, Cueto. there's huge concerns about him physically. Um, you know, he's getting roughed up tonight in a, in a spring training start. He's already been skipped once in a start because they want to, you know, take it easy with him. I think there's a sense um, you know, from things around the league from a lot of people that he might be on the other side of the mountain um, in terms of his effectiveness. I mean, the way he pitched in the playoffs, like, it's a huge. It's a huge concern. I mean, you know, the way he pitched as a royal, you know, has to be a concern. And I know, you know, everyone's kind of remembers how great he was against the Mets, and he was, and how great he was in that second game against the Astros, and he was. Um, but you know, he, he got his head kicked in in Toronto to the point that. The Royals were so concerned about using him on the road that they reconfigured their entire rotation to, um, you know, protect him essentially, so he could, so he wouldn't pitch uh, on the road. Um, and I and I don't think, like, I don't, I don't feel like Cueto is going to be a disaster. I just I think it's hard to expect him to be the guy he had be he had been before he joined the Royals last year. Um, and then, you know, I do like their offense, the Giants' offense, but. 100 uh, Pence is pretty old. Angel Pagan is pretty old. Denard Stan is relatively old and incredibly injury prone. Um, Buster Posey, you know, is a great player. Um, so I don't think, you know, that's obviously uh, a yeah, guy you can bet on. Brandon Crawford seems like he, he really reached another level next year I'd be curious to see if he could repeat that so I I like their talent but I just think the age and um you know some of the mileage on some of their position players may hurt them in a way in in basically the way that it did last year that's why I'm down on the Giants
0: okay let's Johnny Cueto actually that that's a good good segue I've got a question for you about him um okay what do you think so he pitched for the Royals for so July, late July, August, September, October. So like three months. Uh, he pitched for the Royals for three months. He was like terrible half the time, maybe more than half the time. Um, yeah. He threw a complete game in the World Series. He also was very good in Game Five. Is uh, like is losing Johnny Cueto a rental player? I mean, he's a rental player, so it's like it's a little bit of a different question. But like, how do you look at losing Johnny Cueto? Is that a A neutral nothing or is that like a uh loss that the royals if they're back in the postseason they don't have a number one starter or like they don't have johnny like what how are you how are you supposed to look at johnny cueto
1: well i think yeah i guess it's hard i mean you have to take like i think you have to look at you have to look at him i feel like as I guess it worked as a neutral sort of asset, you know, because he was tremendous. Um, he was just, I mean, he was so erratic, though. Like, I guess it if, if you're saying, you know, you're replaced, like if you're saying Ian Kennedy theoretically can come in and give you a version of, okay, let me let me, let me start, uh, rewind and figure this out. Okay, so Edison Volquez, right, like in the playoffs, he was basically going to give you, five to six good innings of one to two to three-run ball, right? Um, You know, maybe a little bit better than that, you know, but I don't think he was ever worse than that. So there was, like, a dependability there. Um, He did not nearly reach the height that Cueto did, like, in game five or in, uh, I think it was game two against the Mets. So you don't have that high end, but you also don't have the low end. You know, you don't have that, like, disaster start like Cueto did Um, against the Blue Jays, or frankly, he was getting roughed up pretty badly by the Astros in Game 2 before he kind of found a rhythm. I think he gave up like four runs in five innings, something like that. He was not, he stunk in that game, too. Um, So if the Royals can find someone to provide something relatively, you know, uh, something that can you know, be a diff- another version of Volquez and be just more of a consistent uh, player with a less, you know, sort of erratic ups and downs, you know, like, I think it won't be that big of a loss, um, you know, and I think it's hard to say, like, well, you know, they lost the guy who who could pitch for them, who, who you know, who they lost the guy who could throw a gem, yes, yeah, so but they also lost the guy who could, like, turd in a way that was really, really problematic, so... I I I do think, like I don't know, it's kind of a hard question because it's hard to assess like what exactly what exactly value Cueto had for them last year. That's why I'm kind of stumbling over it. It's a really puzzling sort of thing to figure out what he really meant to that team.
0: Yeah, well, it's sort of like the Cueto was like not good yet. The Royals, if they do like do basically what they did last year and are in position to go to the playoffs again, they might need somebody like Johnny Cueto um I don't know it's sort of
1: uh I mean they might they didn't have anyone like that in 2014 um you know and it didn't really hurt them I know a lot of people say well they lost because you know they faced the an ace and it's like yeah no, they that's lost
0: actually yeah they yeah. couldn't
1: score against Madison Bumgarner not because the pitching betrayed them um you know so I I don't know I, I think I've, always thought, I've the past couple of years, I think the idea of having an ace in the playoffs um, is incredibly overrated because the playoffs are the time when you leverage your bullpen to the hilt and you take you maximize sort of the value those guys give you. And when you have a bullpen like the Royals um, and and I think they've gotten better at this over the years, and you can use Wade Davis for six outs, you can use Kelvin Herrera for you know an inning and two thirds, et cetera, et cetera. I think the importance of starting pitching becomes even less so.
0: In the yeah. playoffs. Okay. Is Wade Davis, is he the greatest reliever ever? Like, is he, th- like, the last two years? Is <laughs> no. He, he's not?
1: <laughs> no, he's not. There was this guy in New York uh, named Billy Wagner. Um, no, yeah, I mean, he's... You know, your, guy, uh,
0: your, your guy, Dave Island, says... Yeah. This is, like, I'm going to spoil... My guy. I'm going to spoil a story for, like, down the road, but Dave Island says that uh way davis the last two years has been better than any two-year stretch of mariano rivera um oh come on
1: well davis i mean but Dave's hard uh i don't well i guess i don't know i mean maybe i'd have to look at the i'd have to look at the numbers on i that. mean they're I pretty
0: mean, they're pretty amazing like nobody's ever
1: yeah
0: like granny he hasn't been in the closer role whatever like that's another uh, conversation but like right. he's had a a one era and a 0.96 era like Nobody right. has ever approached these numbers except for like Dennis Eckersley and like Craig Kimbrell. Uh, Look at
1: Eric Eric Gagne might have done that too, like in o three o four. He may have Gagne may have something
0: possibly yeah. comparable. So I, like I don't know that like I'm he's not the greatest reliever ever, but I think he might have just had the greatest two year run by a reliever ever. Uh, I think that's
1: I guess I guess that's yeah that's not particularly yeah I guess when you because he did have like a point nine six ERA. <laughs> and, and so, like, he did he give did he, did he give up a home run in those in either No, he.
0: Season? Well, you know, he so he he didn't give up a home run in twenty fourteen, and his ERA was 1.00. And then last year, he, right. he, he, last year he somehow gave up three homers, and his ERA was point nine six. Um, right. So
1: yeah. Hold on. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a freak. He's a he's a total freak. He's um, you know he's incredibly like he's all like. He, he's everything you'd want in a in a baseball player. I think um, he's he, he studies you know opposing hitters' tendencies. He pays attention that sort of stuff. He thinks you know. He competes. He you know um, he he gets like I, I come back sometimes to that uh, you know the the way he was able to get out of that jam in game six of the ALCS when he had been sitting in the dugout for an hour because Ned Yost goofed up the, the bullpen order. And, you know, I basically, like, almost cost his team, you know, the chance to win the pennant. And he went and sat for an hour and then, you know, like, gave up, I think it was, like, either a walk or, like, a blue pit and had guys on second and third with none out and just kind of mowed through the Blue Jays lineup, you know, like, just, like, he just, he, it, 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 it's, like, it really was shocking when he gave up runs over the last two seasons, and I think, even, like, covering Rivera for the year I did, it wasn't shocking when he gave up runs, it was shocking when he blew a save, you know, there was definitely, like, you were surprised there, but, like, when Davis gave up a run, you're like, whoa, like, that's, that's really so awesome, um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's an incredible asset, and, uh, yeah, it's he's, I think he, if you talk to pictures from opposing teams, they're like somewhat in awe of what he's been able to do over the last couple of years.
0: Okay, I've got two more questions. Um, All right, one: Have you read Jeff Passon's "The Arm," uh, his new book about? I have. Um, what was I have. What, do you have a review? What What did you think?
1: I think he needs a new author photo. Um, I think the things he said about us on the internet and in our fashion sense is uh, bullshit. Um, hopefully Chris can edit that out. Uh I (laughs) I think the book itself is great. Um, Jeff has been working on it for a really long time. Um, and it's been something that, you know, has is, is really important to him and uh and it's a book it's a book that's never been written before. You know, it's kind of the history of the you know, Tommy John surgery, which is, you know, that an incredibly relevant topic in baseball, so I think if you like, uh, you know, if you care about baseball and the future of baseball, like, I think it's very important. If you care about the history of baseball, there's tons of great stuff. You know, you talked to Sandy Koufax about, you know, what Sandy Koufax used to have to do to get on the mound for the Dodgers. He, you know, he was able to, I mean, I don't know if I want to spoil the book, but, like, he was able to do all these sorts of things, um, you know, and telling this story. You know, he spent a lot of time with Todd Coffey and uh, Daniel Hudson as they came back from Tommy John surgery. He had, like, unfettered access to John Lester during his free agency uh, a couple of years ago, and he would just has incredible details of, you know, what that process was like for Lester. It's a, it's a great book on so many different levels, um, and, uh, you know, it couldn't have been written by a worse guy
0: yeah well like so jeff is uh jeff is an incredible writer and a a a pretty pretty stellar storyteller as well so i'm like yeah. i'm excited to read the book but is this going to be sort of like serial when you like get to the end and you're like oh um everybody's still gonna have tommy john surgery and everybody's still gonna get hurt and like you know adnan is still in prison like where's like there's like he didn't he didn't really he didn't really do anything with this book did he
1: Watched Making a Murderer.
0: Yeah, I did. And did you know Ned Yost watched that? Did he really? What?
1: Oh man! Actually, well, what, what? Have you asked him like what he thinks about
0: it? Well, we. Knew, I'm gonna see if he's finished it. Like about two weeks ago, he was on like the third or fourth episode. Um, okay. He. Uh, he was just to the point where they found the tube of blood with the hole in it, and. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. You know the. He was uh he's his quote was like man these guys are just a bunch of morons and i think he was talking about basically the everybody in Wisconsin and uh yeah third base third base I think- third base coach mike jursley he also uh i don't think he's seen it he told he told me he hadn't seen it but he goes like in his wisconsin accent he's like this guy Avery's not doing us any favors like that's like an <laughs> – All right,
1: so
0: i just i just did like an Joe east coast Avery. accent yeah
1: Avery's not open to Wisconsin's reputation, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see Rusty watch it. Well, you know, I don't know. They found that too too bad. That whole one's out. Interesting. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. I wonder, wonder, yeah, I mean, I'd be curious to see what Ned thought of it. I'm glad that he had the standard. I mean, it's hard to watch that show and feel good about anyone uh, in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Um, I do think the filmmakers did a, uh, I, I think the filmmakers kind of did their viewers a disservice by the amount of stuff they left out, and I'd be curious to see if Ned felt the same way. Um, I know we like Breaking Bad a lot. We, we had a lot of similar opinions about Breaking Bad, so, that's always good. Yeah. Um... What were we talking about?
0: We were, we were talking about Jeff Passon's book, um...
1: Oh, oh, yeah, if you get, if you get to the end, yes, Admon did it. Okay,
0: Okay, last question. So you've been on the you've been on vacation for like the last three weeks. Um uh, <laughs> Very what, true. I've been on vacation since the parade. <laughs> um so like what have you been uh what uh, what have you been listening to? Like what is the what's on your Spotify right now? Um well I mean I've been listening to
1: uh I've been listening to a lot of Joyce Manor, um, this band from California that does like kind of like kind of like punk indie rock stuff. Um, I saw them a few weeks ago down here in Phoenix. And I'd always really liked them, um, but I hadn't listened to a ton of their first two records, so I've been listening to those two a lot. Um, I've been listening to this band called Pine Grove that I like a lot. I think they're on, uh, I think it's either Top Shelf or Run for Cover, but one of those like standard sort of like. Indie slash emo bands. Um, I have been listening to. Uh, I listen to Turnover all the time. I saw Turnover uh, recently, and they were great. Um, trying to think. Uh, yeah, and I've been, I've been listening to the 1975 record a lot. Um, I don't know if you're into that, but they. I say I find them a really interesting band in a lot of different ways.
0: Um, they, yeah, that, that that album is like. I was listening to, to it today. It's like. Some of the songs are, like, really good and interesting, and some of them just feel like they're, like, kind of, like, a little on the nose, like, to the, the, like, the 80s influences and, like, what they're, like, what's going on there. Like, do you know what I'm talking about?
1: No, I do. I mean, a lot, yeah, like, the way I would describe it is, like, a lot of the songs sound like sort of like second half tracks on a soundtrack to a John Hughes movie that was never made. Um, you know, like, and there's sometimes, like, you know, there's sometimes when they do it really well. Like, they have this song near the end called, like, Paris, where, um, you know, like, the chords kind of, like, ape, uh, every breath you take by the police, and the chorus finds a way to, like, sort of evoke that moment in Sixteen Candles when, like, Jake Ryan pulls up at the church near the end. Uh, which is like a great little like synth thing. Um, so there's times when you hear it and it's like audio, like umami, you know, like it's kind of like it's just like it hits you in the right place. But there are a, a lot of songs that are on the nose. Um, I think there's like a point in the middle of the record where like it starts kind of slow. They've got this song called Love Me that's basically like a rip off of Fame by Bowie that sounds like vaguely sacrilegious given that it's like released so soon after Bowie's death. Um, A couple more boring songs. They've got the song called She's American that's like incredible. It's like perfect essentially. And then they basically have like 16 minutes of like this like kind of boring gospel song and then two instrumentals in a row. And it's like, they ask so much of the audience to get to the stuff that they actually like. And it's really, they're just a, they're really interesting. They're like a a really, like, uh, they're like a really talented, like, young writer, you know, like a writer, like, like a freshman writer at college or something like that, who's, like, working for the school paper. And, like, you just want to edit out all the parts they like of the story they've written, because those are the parts that actually suck. Um, Because they haven't, like, figured out what the good parts are yet, so... I don't know. I find them really interesting because they, when they when they do things right, like they're, the songs they craft, they're like essentially perfect. You know, like the song called "She's American" and this song called "The Sound" and the, like the song "Paris" is so good and some of their other stuff. They have a song called "Sex" and "Chocolate" and "Hard Out" from all their first records. So I don't know. I've mostly been thinking about the nineteen seventy five and tracking the Dodgers' various injuries.
0: Did you have you listened to the new Kendrick Lamar album, "Untitled"? And yeah, almost. like. So, here's my take on this album. Uh, did you know it was like it's number 1 on Billboard's top 200 or whatever, which is amazing to me that an album without a name is uh Although I think it's, I think it I think it has a title and it was mastered, but um like uh but like I don't even know how to talk about this album cuz like it's like you know the 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 6th song on there. It's like I kind of like that one, the one that's not titled either. Um it's, um, but I don't know, have you listened to it? I did,
1: I listened to it once, and I was kind of like, eh, and just moved on. Like, I I don't know, I, li- I try and listen to a lot of new music, and so, like, um, I usually will, like, listen to something for free on Spotify, and if I really like it, maybe I'll buy it off iTunes or whatever, so I listen to it on Spotify, and it was like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, okay. You know, it's I don't okay. listen to it's it, sort it's, not, of... it's not a rap, I listen to a lot of Future, but,
0: that's about yeah, it. Yeah, it's sort of, I don't know, it feels sort of like a self-indulgent... <laughs> Exercise on Kendrick Lamar's point or part where he's just like I don't know I I like listening to rap music but I don't like just listening to guys like rap you know I don't know it's just like it's just essentially him just sort of like rapping for an hour in like really cool ways but it's I don't know it's not very accessible for uh, for like the the common man um, yeah you I mean you're a white person with a jean jacket no I <laughs> yeah. get it like
1: it's not a controversial opinion to so say you don't necessarily get Kendrick
0: Lamar. Yeah, um, <laughs> I like it though. Um, you know, it's so, good. I mean it's
1: good. Yeah, I don't know. It's just not
0: for me. I've been on this strange kick ever since you uh, you introduced me to Andrew Jackson Jihad. Uh, oh yeah, I've been going down like a like a weird rabbit hole on Spotify, listening to all these like noise punk. Not even like noise punk, but it's like folky punk bands that are like yeah pretty okay but like ramshackle glory and like a bunch of mm-hmm. like the other iterations of that band um right and then so yeah i don't know like it's been a weird thing where that's like all i've listened to since i've been in arizona
1: <laughs> right yeah it's all like uh H-A-J is like uh, they're like the mountain goats with dick jokes i like to say yeah um and then like or like if vampire weekend was actually a good band that's what they would sound like um but instead, they just sound like garbage. So, yeah, I don't know. Don't feel Pete I said that. You know, I know Pete loves uh, Vampire
0: Weekend. Yeah, well, it's sort of like if Vampire Weekend uh, was covering, like, Neutral Milk Hotel songs or something like that. <laughs> right. Well, I don't even know, if right. I don't know. That's a bad one, too, but something like that. Um, okay, well, should we, in this conversation, it's gone on for almost 30 minutes.
1: That's great. I think we did a great job.
0: Yeah, this was supposed to be a uh, special bonus segment on the on the podcast we recorded earlier, uh, but I think it's going to be its own one. I think uh, that's right. Like, why not? So it'll
1: break the download records, I'm sure.
0: I like. I think we can do that. Like, it might. It'll like be right up there with Therese Palers' uh, Chiefs podcast about uh, Demarcus Ware and number forty six and number ninety two. <laughs>
1: No, man. Nothing about the uh, the free agency pod that was taped immediately after the uh, the AFC title game loss or whatever. That pod that they did like three pods in a row. <laughs> that one Monday or something in January. So that was marathon podcasting right there.
0: Okay. When do when do the Royals play the Dodgers?
1: I think they play them on Thursday. I think it's Thursday. I think the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers come to Camelback. Uh. I have heard that uh, I think the game's on St. Patrick's Day technically,
0: and I have heard it is already sold out. Wait, so, so the the Royals are at are the Royals. Be getting, the Royals are, are at, gonna the, be
1: getting lit at Camelback Ranch.
0: So the Royals are at the Dodgers this Thursday.
1: Yeah, yeah. This I is this is
0: like my. Uh, tell me if this is just a is like a sign that I'm just not doing a very good job, but like. If there's one thing I can't keep track of, it's the spring training schedule. Like, I feel like I have to look up, like, 20 times a day who the Royals are going to play, like, the next day.
1: No, I think that's pretty standard because you, like, during the season you know who they're playing because you go on the road. Like, so you yeah. plan out, like, where the trips are going to be and stuff like that. And, then, and if you don't know who they're playing, like, a day from now, you know, you look up on the calendar and you see you have four games with the Reds, so at least you have four games where you know who they're playing, like in a row. And here, since it's like so scattered, like I have no idea who the Dodgers play tomorrow. I- it could be a night game, actually. Let me check because that would affect how much I get to sleep. No, they're at the White Sox,
0: but what that means they're at home. They, sh-
1: they share a complex with the White Sox. Yeah, so that's confusing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so no, that's I would say that's a. Uh, like, I guess you should have an idea of who they're going to play, but I think it's, for me, like, it's pretty standard at like, walk in the clubhouse and have no idea who they're playing that day.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's, uh... I mean,
1: in Game 2 of the World Series, Lorenzo Cain thought he was facing Noah Syndergaard. It turned out it was Jacob DeGrom.
0: How did that work out? He, uh, he didn't realize that, like, he didn't realize who, uh, DeGrom was. He thought it was Syndergaard?
1: What? <laughs> no, know, he mixed them up after the game. It was, like, really funny he was like talking to like, yeah you know we got up the synagogue you know and I just like went out there like you know like you weren't facing synagogue he's like oh what whoever this <laughs> <laughs> is amazing But like, like you're awesome
0: yeah <laughs>
1: uh, good times
0: good times right, well, we'll, this was fun we'll have to do it again sometime
1: oh, I'm sure Royal Stamps won't
0: in front of me all the time yeah for sure <laughs> so okay anyway right, I'll see you today. see you man